Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. Arms now wide. If we're going to fear, we fear no evil. Arms now And good morning, and thank you for listening to Mornings uh, Without Carmen, and for that matter, without Peter, who usually is the person filling in. No, I'm Paul Perot, usually on the other side of the screen, operating everything, the board. That's where Ryan is this morning. Thank you, Ryan, for stepping in as you have... Okay, you were doing it during my vacation, and then when I came down with COVID last week, you pitched in again, and so all I can say is thank you, dude. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Oh, well, COVID, not fun, but thankfully for me, it was just mainly a bad cold. Hopefully, I won't be coughing in your ear because I still have a little bit of a tickle in the throat with all that. Anyway, thank you for joining me. If you're wondering, hey, where's Carmen? She's probably boarding a plane right now to head to Denver. Over the next few days, she's going to be part of a conference of uh, radio women and Christian media in Denver. And so... I'll be filling in for a few days here. Now, as Carmen often does, she'll ask, where in the word are you? And hopefully you heard our uh, our growing your faith verse today, which is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Now, when I started my journey in Bible memorization back in the 1980s, I used the NASB and that's not exactly the same. Most of it was the same, except in all your ways, it said acknowledge him. And, of course, now I'm more ESV. And, yeah, uh, same word. I'm kind of going submit, acknowledge. Okay, what's the word here? I mean, I went to some other translations. I went to Young's Literal, and know thou him is the way I translated it. Much the same in the Christian Standard Bible, know him. If you were to go to, like, the Living Bible, it's put God first. So submit, acknowledge, put God first, know him. Okay, what's the Hebrew word? Yada, which has the concept of knowing, but not just a head knowledge. It's it's something a lot deeper than that. So which of those words is correct? Best I can tell you is yes. They, they, they're all kind of different facets of the same idea. And, you know, we, we humans, we struggle with understanding things, especially things of that nature. That's why there's so many different word pictures and so many different stories and such in the Bible. So as God reveals himself to us, it's like looking at a diamond. You just kind of turn the diamond a little bit. You see a new facet, the light coming through at a new angle, and you kind of go, ooh, you turn again, and ah, oh, another big wow. It's kind of like that. And plus Hebrew poetry lends itself to that because... Everything's kind of building upon itself, um, either by comparison, contrast, or showing similarity. So, you know, the whole idea of submit or acknowledge is paralleled with trusting in him and leaning not on your own understanding or being humble toward him. So, yeah, spend some time just in, in admiring the different facets of this and as your whatever Bible verse you're in today, wherever you are in the Word, which you can always let us know by texting 877-933-2484. We'd love to hear where you are in the Word today. 
Well, quick some hashtag the news headlines that Carmen likes to do as well. Of course, the big news is Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan speaking there, vowing Washington will not abandon our commitment to Taipei. Of course, this visit has infuriated China. They're responding with some nearby combat exercises and economic sanctions against the democratic island of Taiwan. And, of course, the U.S. is also conducting routine um, activities, the Navy, there as well. So, yeah, high-stakes thing going on. Please keep that in prayer. And pray, not just for the political aspect. Remember, there's people, we have Christians in both Taiwan, as are in, uh, yeah, Taiwan as well as in China. And be in prayer for them to be a good witness. And, of course... Abortion news. Ever since the Roe versus Wade overturning back in June, there's been a lot of talk. Now, yesterday, Kansas was the first station to put on their ballot as part of their primary what was called the Value Them Both Amendment. And voters there have basically rejected that. It would have basically uh, made it made it illegal to provide abortion funding and also allow for more abortion restrictions. Now, mind you, Kansas right now, this hasn't changed as far as I know. They have restrictions on abortion there past the 20th week. Basically, you have up to the 20th week for them for in that, in that state for abortion. That, as far as I know, hasn't changed. Meanwhile, keep in mind in Washington, the U.S. Senate on Monday introducing a Reproductive Freedom for All Act, which is bipartisan. Senators Tim Kaine as well as uh, Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, both of those are Democrats, and then Republicans Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski footing that bill. And then also was announced yesterday the uh, U.S. Justice Department, the U.S. federal government, suing Idaho over laws it has on the books restricting abortion. Their their argument is focusing on prohibitions that provide a on providing abortion as applied to women suffering from medical emergencies. This is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I was thinking when the whole Roe versus Wade was overturned, there'd be a lot of furor, a lot of both, a lot of anger on both sides, even augmented. Again, keep this in prayer. Yes, stand for life, but also be gracious in how you're engaging, I guess is my thought. Well, As we continue here on Mornings with Carmen, here it is. We're in August. And maybe you've already seen people posting pictures. I have some friends down south. School started. They're showing their kids going to school already. And over the next few weeks, yeah, our kids are heading back to school. But with the last few years of COVID lockdowns, plus many high-profile school violence cases, a lot of teachers, a lot of students, a lot of families on edge. How can... Your church, how can you be a source of hope and peace in the midst of all this? We'll be talking with Daryl Crouch from Everyone's Wilson in just a few moments as Mornings with Carmen continues here on Faith Radio. This is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. Carmen's gone. I'm Paul filling in, and that means I get an opportunity to talk on air instead of just off air with Daryl Crouch from Everyone's Wilson down in Wilson County, Tennessee. Hey, Daryl, how are you doing? Paul, it's great to talk to you here in front of everybody, so it's awesome. Yeah, usually we're talking behind everybody's back. 
Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for joining us. And, you know, Carmen and you, since the beginning of the year, we've been doing a series with you called From the Living Word of God to Living Out the Word of God. And as we're heading into August with schools getting back into session, here's a place where we can apply the grace, the love, the Word of God in a very important way. And I I was going through uh, everyone's Wilson's Twitter feed. Now, actually, let me back up. Let's us back up. Tell us about Everyone's Wilson again. What's your, give me your 30-second uh, elevator speech about Everyone's Wilson. Yeah, we're, uh, that's easy. Uh, we, we're a network of churches and businesses and nonprofits working together for the wholeness of our community. Uh, we want everyone to be able to live the life that God created them to live. And so uh, we're trying to uh, work together to that, to that end. And uh, so we... Uh, at the strategic level, at the ground level, uh, which it, you, our conversation will include today, is a, a school partnership initiative. But um, but we really have aspirations to to do much more than that. But that uh, we know that if we move the needle in the local schools, we really do move the needle in the community. So we're that's where we're starting. Yeah, I was looking on your Twitter feed a few days ago and just all the stuff you're doing, especially you were highlighting the Lebanon Special School District. And all the stuff you're doing in support of the in supporting the teachers. What as you've been engaging with these teachers, what are they experiencing, and how are you supporting them? Well, not unlike a lot of people in uh, a lot of areas right now, um, teachers are fatigued. They're um, you know there's a there's a lot that they're being asked to do. So certainly, as we start school here in this this part of the country, they started on Monday uh, here. Um, um, there's a lot of excitement and, um, and energy, and um, every every administrator and teacher that we've met with over the last I don't know 15 or 18 months, uh, I mean they really are uh, just amazing people doing incredible work. There there's a creativity that is um, just out of the box and um, the skill level and so on. But one of the things that we've we've noticed across the board is the scope of responsibilities that educators are now asked to to engage with. And so if you, you'd imagine that teachers are thinking about math and reading and, and uh, the academics, and certainly they are, that's uh, the driver, obviously. But to, to get to math and reading and science, uh, there's a lot of other things that have to happen in the life of that child. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have to be well-fed. They, they have to have enough sleep and a stable home environment. And uh, th- those things aren't always true, and and so um, as as kids arrive on the campus, the the, the teachers um, are responsible for um, ministering in in a real way to those students uh, uh, as a whole person, and so the scope of that uh, for a public school system is is pr- pretty enormous and. So what we find is that uh, teachers uh, have a calling to do this. They bring their A game every day, but the scope of responsibility can be overwhelming. And so uh, we want to do all that we can to bring the whole community around them with human resources as well as some financial resources when needed, but but primarily relationships that will help um, create sustainability and really help students and educators and their families uh, thrive uh, in um, so so that when they be- become you know teenagers and graduate from high school eventually they're actually ready 
to live that life that God has called them to live. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Daryl Crouch from Everyone's Wilson here on Mornings with Carmen. And Daryl, I don't know if I told you, mm-hmm. um, my wife is a second grade teacher in a public school district. And awesome. everything you just girl. said there, yeah. it's like, yeah, they love serve, they love loving the kids. There's so many demands on them. And then they're also, when they hear of a lot of the stuff happening in the world or struggling through the pandemic or whatever, they do their best to to shield the kids as best they can, love them, but they weigh so much weighs on them. So when we come back, yeah. I'm gonna I wanna ask you if you can give me a little more specifics on some of the stuff that everyone's Wilson is doing to help these teachers. Some more some of the practical day-to-day stuff you might be doing. So we'll continue our discussion with Daryl Crouch in just a moment. This is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I'm Suzy Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine? Search Suzy Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. This is a new- It's Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio and, of course, on the Faith Radio app. If you do not have the app, it is free. You download it at your app store, and that way you can enjoy Faith Radio wherever you go, plus all the podcasts on demand right there of your favorite Faith Radio shows. Again, learn more at MyFaithRadio.com about that. I'm Paul Perot filling in for Carmen. Daryl Crouch from Everyone's Wilson joining us now as we look at ways that churches or just, I guess, loosely, you're, you're what's called kind of a city or a community gospel movement, uh, I would say. Right, Daryl? That's correct. Yeah, that's okay. a good way to talk about it. Because it is, it is really a partnership between a variety of churches and businesses, like you said, what everyone's Wilson does. You were talking about being there to encourage the teachers, the administrators, along with the kids, too. What are some of the practical steps you're doing in Wilson County down in Tennessee? Yeah. So we create partnerships uh, at, at the school level. And so we bring a couple of churches, a business, a nonprofit uh, around the table with the principal. And we just ask uh, that principal, what can we do to help you be successful this year? And so uh, really in four areas is where that normally plays out in student achievements. So that could be uh, math and reading uh, tutors or uh, reading buddies, uh, lunch buddies, the uh, mentors, um, for uh, kids that need some extra friendship and attention. Uh, it, it can look like st- uh, teacher support or staff support, and that's uh, notes and cards and letters of support, food for lunch. Um, it can be uh, that you volunteer as a classroom aide once a week for an hour or two. That's a game changer for a teacher to know that she has help coming every week for an hour or two. Uh, it can look like... Um, family or community engagement where we volunteer at, at large events, um, you know, spring dance or fall flings or, you know, whatever those things are that help to engage with parents. And, and we uh, provide extra manpower for that. And then uh, gifts and projects, things that money can buy, mulch for the playground or uh, cleaning the windows on a serve day or uh, painting a, a, the teacher's lounge uh, so that it looks a little more updated and uh, comfortable for teachers. And so those are the four areas. And so we're trying to, those partners that are around that table, um, work a game plan with the principal based on, uh, it's usually a female, so her needs. And, um, and then they work that plan together and, um, to try to bring as many volunteers into the public school as possible. We, we really know that 
sustainability or flourishing for students and educators and families in our community is really driven by relationships. And so we want to remove all the all the barriers that exist uh, and clear the pathway for, uh, for to, to be the largest supplier of human resources in our public schools so that um, uh, through relationships, people can um, can thrive. And uh, we have opportunity to show and share the gospel um, uh, along the way and uh, organically outside of the campus and um, uh, environment and and love love our teachers and edu- and uh, students well. I think that's you just started going in the direction I'm going because a lot of people are saying, well, you're doing all these good things, but where does the gospel fit into this? And, yeah. And and where what what would be your biblical encouragements about engaging as churches as Christians in this collaborative way with the local public school? Yeah, there, that's a great question. There's been a lot of work around this, and we're not the first ones. There's been some wonderful organizations doing this for 20 or 25 years or more. And so we're just uh, borrowing a lot of um, uh, best practices uh, from people around the country. But uh, we're here to serve. And so uh, some biblical encouragement, uh, the, uh, so, so Matthew 25 uh, Jesus talks a lot about the least of these, and as much as you've done to the least of these, you've done it to me. There's a there's a posture of humility that we have in the public square that's really important, or that we should have, a posture of the servant. And so it's this idea that you have a need, and uh, we want to uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus in a very practical way. And so we wash feet without fussing about how they got dirty, and we uh, we we give ourselves to people. Uh, with uh, open hands. And so uh, that that's one biblical encouragement. Uh, obviously, the great commandment, Jesus called us to love our neighbors, uh, to love God, to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so that's a huge motivation. And then the great commission to make disciples. And so uh, those uh, those three New Testament, that's, those are just um, uh, right out of the Gospels. Uh, Daniel in the Old Testament was a great example of someone who served in his time, in his season, in the capacity that he could, and he made all the difference. It was a pagan environment, obviously pagan kings that he served, but he did so as a, in a posture of a servant and with humility. And um, the favor of the Lord was with him and opened up opportunities for what we would consider gospel proclamation. Mm. And uh, we are certainly not uh, in the public school environment. We're not sharing the gospel uh, or praying out loud with children during the school day, during on the school campus. There's there's rules about all that, and we honor the authorities over us. Uh, but through service and through building relationships, uh, we help people and we move them um, uh, toward flourishing. And then we know that outside of the campus, the relationships that that grow on campus can grow beyond campus. And uh, there are environments that we can uh, engage with parents and families in the community as we serve them and invite them to follow Jesus with us. And so uh, we understand the parameters about around which we serve, but we also understand the opportunity that we have to uh, make a difference as we both show the gospel and uh, uh, as the doors open for us to share the gospel. It is so cool, the attitude of humility that you go in there with which speaks volumes right there. By the way, we're talking with Daryl Crouch from Everyone's Wilson, um, everyoneswilson.org, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, again, as you're engaging with the schools, I love the fact you, you mentioned a little while ago how 
you as a group of Everyone's Wilson, you get some business leaders, some pastors and community leaders together. You meet with the principal and you learn, okay, what do you have? What's, what's the need? What is the need? How can we help you in a practical way? Instead of, which can happen so often, oh, let's just get some stuff together and throw it at the school. There, there's actual listening going on here, which I think would, you mentioned is one of the best practices. What are some of the things? It really is. Yeah. Again, that humble attitude, that hard attitude of humility and servanthood is important. Now, on the flip side, what are some things in your mind we should not do when we're trying to engage? Well, I think one of the, the largest or the most prevalent uh, encouragement that we've had to our partners is to... Um, uh, to understand that we are servants, and this isn't a bait and switch. That um, we're serving um, at the at the pleasure of the principal and uh, that principal's uh, staff and teachers. And so, to go in with our agenda is really um, the the most detrimental thing that we could do. And so, as we engage with with people and engage in in the public space. Uh, to, again, as you said, to listen well, to not assume that we know what they need, to uh, walk into their space as if we're walking into someone else's home and uh, um, uh, not feel like we're taking over. Uh, one of our administrators in this area said, just because you went to school doesn't know, doesn't, uh, <laughs> you know, 20 years ago, doesn't mean that you know how to run a school today. Yeah. And so... I think um, sometimes we have some uh, make some assumptions, and it's really about an attitude of the heart that um, that as we have become disciples of Christ, as we grow in in grace, uh, we grow um, more into the likeness of Christ as we humble ourselves and uh, serve others. And so, really, the the don'ts. There are a, a whole list of do's and don'ts as we train folks, but it most of it comes down to an attitude of the heart. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, uh, Daryl Crouch, again, thank you for joining us, uh, and uh, kudos on what you're doing there in Wilson County, helping out schools like the Lebanon Special School District and others, and just shining shining God's love in, in those situations. Well, it's a real privilege, and it's a lot of... Um, it, your, your listeners should be encouraged that the Lord is doing great work uh, in the public space all across the country. And... Uh, And uh, it can happen in their community as well. And uh, if we can ever be an encouragement, we'd love to do that. Sounds good. So people can connect with you, again, at everyoneswilson.com. And you also have your blog, which it's I think it's just Daryl Crouch at Substacks. Is that right? Yeah, so uh, darylcrouch.substack.com, and it's uh, everyoneswilson.org, Paul. O-R-G, yes. All right. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Daryl. We'll catch up with you again in a couple of weeks. All good. All right. This is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. Time for uh, Max Lucado. This is uh, Mornings with Carmen. I'm Paul filling in, Paul Perot, usually the producer, but uh, today get to be host and will actually the next couple of days here on Faith Radio. Kind of a follow-up to what we're talking about with Daryl Crouch. Now, there's a website called citygospelmovements.org, and basically City Gospel Movements are kind of like what Everyone's Wilson is doing. It's a movement uh, of churches and Christian businesses and leaders and such trying to make 
impacts in their community in practical ways. And they actually have a um, tips for successful uh, school partnerships info sheet. And so I think we'll put that in the show notes uh, for today so you can follow up on that. Yeah, I just got a thumbs up from Ryan who takes care of all the posting of all that. So that that's going to be up there. Well, coming up in just a few minutes here. um, Okay, let me back up. This past week, while I was recovering from COVID, I heard the sad news about the death of Tony, Tony Dow of Leave it to Beaver, you know, Wally, who, by the way, okay, a little nerdy here, um, being a Star Trek follower, he actually produced, he was a TV producer as well of several episodes of Star Trek DS9. Okay, little aside. I, I, when I saw the name come up on the screen, I was like, Tony Dow, is that it? Yeah, that was, yeah, same guy, same guy. Well, anyway, Tony passed away uh, this past week, and unfortunately it was a situation a day before he actually passed his wife in panic let out, you know, let out in the news that he had passed away, which he was still alive. And that got Jim Dennison from the Dennison Forum thinking about something that happened kind of similar to that. We're going to be talking about that. Actually, not with Jim. Jim is not available, but his good friend Mark Terman from the Dennison Forum will be joining us shortly here on Faith Radio. Stay with us as Mornings with Carmen continues. Well, thanks again for listening to Mornings with Carmen on this Wednesday on Faith Radio. Yeah, Carmen's out. I'm Paul Perot, usually a producer today. They're letting me run the ship. That's a scary, scary thing. But I have some great guests, including right now Mark Terman. Actually, okay, it's kind of backup QB day, or we'll have that today, because usually Jim Dennison from the Dennison Forum joins us. Jim is still recovering from some surgery, and so, Mark, now you're you're vice president, right, at the Dennison well, Forum? Executive, yeah, executive director. Oh, executive and, director. Uh, but, yeah, vice president might be a good, good way of explaining it as well. Okay. Well, good to have you with us. We've had you on before. Carmen has talked to you in the past. And as I've been looking at the Denison Forum, one of the articles that Jim actually wrote, but I, I think, you know, how old are you, Mark? I, 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 it's not very good to ask that. I mean, I'm in my 50s, but I remember watching Leave it to Beaver reruns, uh, enjoying those as a kid. Um, I assume oh, I, you're about yeah. the same. Yeah, 59, I, and I'm happy to tell you how old I am. I've earned every day is what I feel like. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't have any problem with that. But, no, I, I grew up watching Leave it to Beaver every afternoon along with the Brady Bunch and Fathers Knows, Knows Best and a whole bunch of others and occasionally Star Trek. Um, my brother was much more into that than I was. But, uh, yeah, I'm very familiar and um was was caught by the attention of the passing of Wally as well. I mean, yeah. how many people that how many people do you know named Wally in the first place? Right? <laughs> that there's that there's that. You brought up Star Trek. I mentioned a little while ago that did you know Tony Dow directed some episodes of uh, some of the oh, later I, series? No, did, yeah, he he directed yeah, several episodes that. of DS Nine. Okay, he had a good eye wow. for it. I, I remember watching those and going, hmm. And when I saw the name come up, I thought, is that the Tony Dow? Yes, the Tony Dow. And he did a good job, I thought. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. Now, he passed away this past Wednesday. But the day before, his wife in a panic said that he had passed away. And I mean, it's a hard situation. And I understand that. But when Jim Dennison saw that story, 
it made him think of another situation where somebody was falsely said to have passed away. I want you to tell us about that. Yeah, uh, the story is about Alfred Noble, the uh, founder of what we now know today as the Nobel Prize, right? And right. everybody, er everybody's familiar with the Nobel Prize handed out in multiple categories every year for uh, excellence in some area, be it in science or other categories. And, uh, you know, and I remember this story. This is this may fall into the category, Paul, of preacher's favorite stories. Oh, yeah. Um, but the uh, the story goes back in, I believe, 1888 that uh, Alfred's brother uh, actually passed away in France. And when some of the newspapers heard that he had passed away, they mistakenly reported it that Alfred had passed away and they were scathing in their obituaries and in their descriptions of Alfred Noble because he was at that time the inventor of dynamite and everybody believed that that was just the world's greatest evil at the time. They didn't see any positive uses of dynamite. They only saw its destructive uses. And so in his passing, uh, the press was not kind to him in any way. Well, the story is so uh, interesting on a lot of levels, but particularly because when Alfred read his own obituary in some of these newspapers, it really had a transformative effect upon him. And he, from then forward, started to find ways to change his life, most notably creating what we now know today as the Nobel Foundation that awards the prizes every year. And, and upon his own death that happened several years later, he donated uh, a large portion, if not all, of his wealth that had come because of his creation of dynamite. He dedicated that to the foundation, which catapulted it forward into the living foundation and organization that we have today. It's just an incredible story about how seeing yourself from the perspective of, of death really transformed his perspective and his ambition. And uh, Jim wrote about that, I thought, in a beautiful way about mm -hmm. how the reality of death, the reality of our mortality really needs to be something that we grapple with and cause it will cause us or can cause us from a faith perspective to set our priorities the way they should be, the way the Lord would would want them to be. Uh, my pastor used to do something similar to that. He would uh, often say, you know, from the moment that you're born, you're old enough to die. And mm. we need to realize the the fragileness of our of our lives, uh, the brevity of our life, the the Psalms, other places in scripture talk about that. And being aware of our own death helps us to think about the right way to live and certainly, most importantly, how we can be rightly related to God through Christ. Mm -hmm. If you want to read the full article, by the way, go to denisonforum.com. It's, I believe that's right. No, denisonforum.org. Pardon me, denisonforum.org. Yeah, .org. Dot .org. Dot .org. So denisonforum.org, it really is encouraging a lot of stuff in there, including how to be a faithful failure, which I enjoyed that part a lot. I'm going to switch gears here, uh, Mark, to something we were talking about uh, you know, via email, but something that has been tugging at your heart in the issue of institutional skepticism and cynicism right now. I mean, you look at the research, whether it be our governments, our churches, uh, media, you know, news media, or you name it, school, trust in, in institutions is at, is at historic lows. And yes. how are we to navigate that as Christians? 
Yeah, and I think it's a big challenge for us because we live in uh, an environment where we're in inundated with so much news and there is such a yeah. negativity bias uh, in the news. Uh, there was a, a writer that I read several years ago, uh, a, I believe he's Swedish, his name is Hans Rosling. He wrote a book called Factfulness, uh, one of the best books that I've read. I got onto it because uh, I saw an article by Bill Gates where uh, a couple of years ago, Bill Gates said this was one of the most important books he'd ever read. And in the book, Hans Rosling says, you know, don't complain about the media. They're giving you a picture of, of reality. But if they were if they were picturing a person, the news media is just showing you the big toe. They're not showing you the whole person. <laughs> they don't have time to show you the whole person. They They don't have the capacity to do that. So they're just showing you a, a glimpse, a, a piece of this person that they're trying to picture called reality. And the only part they have time to really show you or the part they're most intrigued about is the big toe. And the big toe is real, but it's not the whole story. And that's kind of the way I've come to look at media is, well, thank, thank God for media, thank God for journalists, but they don't often have the time, ability, or sometimes even the ambition to show you the whole story. And so we usually end up with a lot of negativity coming into our lives. And that negativity, along with uh, some poor decision-making, certainly by the leaders of institutions, it seems like every day, Paul, we're, we're encountering, encountering the failure of some notable leader, whether it's a, a pastor that mm -hmm. has, uh, has uh, fallen into some kind of immorality or bad decision-making, a politician, an athlete, uh, we uh, put some articles out just yesterday about uh, an athlete who had made a bad decision. Um, all kinds of situations that start to, we start to rightly, I think, interpret, you know, well, if the leaders of these organizations are having these kinds of problems with integrity, then the whole system probably has a lot of problems as well. And we've gone from being appropriately alert and maybe even sometimes skeptical so now we're very pessimistic and even cynical, whether it's our schools, our churches, our government, the medical community. We, we now seem to be moving culturally into this mood where we just don't feel like we can trust anybody or anything. And that leaves us in a very uh, hopeless condition. When, when we feel like we can't trust the people around us, the people who are, yes, imperfect, but still trying to do good things and trying to be helpful in our community. When we feel like we can't trust any of that, it leaves us very isolated and very much full of despair. And I think a lot of that is driven by the devil. I think he's trying to get us to, to be separate and isolated from each other in every way he can, including making us suspicious of all of the institutions of our society. I'm trying to form a question here, Mark, and I don't know if I can, but it's, Okay, as, as Christians, as people of the gospel, people of hope, again, I'm trying to form the question here. It's not coming quickly, but maybe for us, are, are we just to have, I, I know we should honor institutions because many of them are put there for a purpose. And as you're struggling, yes. where, where should our heart be in all this? Um, as we're engaging in this, I mean, we can't totally trust that. I mean, where should we have our trust first and foremost? Obviously, I'm, I'm kind of giving you the Sunday school question here, which there's a Sunday school answer to, but go deeper than just the Sunday school answer. 
Well, yeah, and the Sunday school answer is always a good answer, which is to remember that our primary trust and confidence and hope is in the Lord. The, the Bible, I was just reading this morning, the Psalms pointing us back to that, uh, whether it's in confrontation with our own death or as we face different situations in life, be it a pandemic or uh, some of the other things that we've been dealing with the last couple of years. Um, it, it's absolutely important to come back on a daily basis, several times through the day, and remember, hey, life in this world as we know it is imperfect. People are imperfect. Um, yes, we do need to be alert and we need to be aware. I, I was just thinking of that verse in scripture about Jesus where it says, he entrusted himself to no person because he knew the heart of man. And, mm. and we can learn from that, right? We need to be uh, cautious and, and certainly aware and keep our, our primary hope and confidence uh, in the Lord. The, the Bible says that you know we are to trust in the Lord in every way, but that doesn't mean that we can't also be trusting of the people around us while we have a clear and sober awareness of them that they are fallen and broken just like we are. But in many cases, most people are trying to do their best. There are millions and millions of Christians around us who are trying to live their lives for the Lord. There are other people of goodwill, and we need to have confidence in that. And like I said, do what we can, especially within our local communities and our, our local churches, how can we make those environments as full of integrity and clarity and honesty and transparency? How can we make those environments as healthy as they can be with God's help and with uh, appropriate cooperation with each other, all the time keeping our eyes primarily focused on the Lord, but trying to be that salt and light that he wants us to be in those environments as we cooperate with others and build healthy communities? That's mm -hmm. where our focus needs to be, I believe. So in a world of hate, be the light. Be the light, absolutely. <laughs> Mark, and be the light with others. And, exactly. You know, find, find other people of goodwill. Exactly. Mark Terman is our guest right now, filling in for Jim Dennison as we continue here on Mornings with Carmen. When we come back, we want to look at the I generation or Gen Z. You know, we're, we're getting ready for school to get underway. College is getting underway. I was struck by the fact that, you know, the average... 18-year-old going to college this year, um, it was four years after they were born that the first of the uh, the Avenger movies, the Iron Man movie, came. that's all they've known. Among other things, they, they live in a different world. They've been raised in a different world, so far different from ours. How has that affected them? How can we relate and help them grow in the gospel? We'll talk about that in just a bit here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. That is so 80s. That is so... 
<laughs> anyway, hey, thank you for joining us for Mornings with Carmen. Carmen is out. I'm Paul Perot, filling in as host today, talking with Mark Terman from the Denison Forum. And, Mark, you have a couple of articles as we get back ready for school and college starting off. That's the Gen Z generation right now, the high schoolers on up through uh, college years. And you've done a couple of articles talking uh, about Gen Z. And among those four ways, surprising ways, Gen Z, Gen Zers behave. Can you kind of give that quick outline? Yeah, uh, amazing to kind of learn about this group of people that Basically, as you think about it, born in the years that now make them between the ages of 10 and 25, 27, depending upon where you draw the lines. Uh, I have a, a Gen Z child. I also have a millennial child. So I not only uh, have been learning about this, but it's also been lived experience for me <laughs> in many ways. Um, but probably, you know, the first thing I'd say about them is, is just they are. Uh, what somebody said are screenagers because they live their lives so much through the screen of a mobile device. This mm. is the first generation that has has come up not ever experiencing life without uh, high speed internet and with not just the internet being uh, a reality but being available in their pocket. They have it on their smartphone. They have it on their tablet. Um, and they can take it anywhere they want. And that uh, has been a unique reality for them. The previous generation, the millennials, they had the internet, but they didn't have it accessible like this. Right. And uh, one of the things about them is, is they spend an enormous amount of time, sometimes between four and eight hours a day, not counting the time that they are using the internet uh, for uh, schoolwork or maybe work-related things. This is just their discretionary time, four to eight hours a day. <sighs> and a lot of that time, Paul, is used on social media, not just simply you know, shopping on Amazon or uh, doing other things that you can do on the internet. So much of that time is really focused on uh, social media because that is the way that they are primarily social. <laughs> and one of the interesting things about them is, is they engage more relationships virtually than they do in actuality or in person with people. And so as a result, they go out of their homes a lot less in, in interesting ways. They, uh, they date less. They uh, get their driver's license at a later time. They spend actually more time uh, in the presence of their parents, at least under the same roof, but not necessarily engaged in conversation with their parents, which isn't an interesting thing. They're kind of together and alone at the same time when it comes to their families. Um, but they have interesting, they have less fights with their parents. Um, but and they have less result, relationship with their parents. And they have re less relationship in some way. Um, but they are typically in the house, often in their bedroom with their device, engaged with their friends or those that they would hope to be their friends uh, through social media. And one of the interesting things that seems to be coming out of this, Paul, very clearly is they are more, they are struggling with mental health issues, particularly with anxiety and depression right. uh, at a phenomenally high rate. And it seems to be directly uh, correlated to this uh, high use of, uh, of technology and screens and particularly social media, um, that that's really becoming difficult for them uh, and it's become a big struggle. 
Mm. You know, one of the things you mentioned, by the way, we're talking with Mark Terman from the Denison Forum, and he has a couple of articles we'll have in the show notes uh, after the show on our podcast, which will be up on MyFaithRadio.com. It's kind of that interesting conundrum, uh, almost that um, uh, paradox. They want the physical, emotional security, as you point out in one of your articles, and yet the very thing they're doing to you know, how they're living their lives on the screen instead of tactfully, uh, tactfully and in person with people, organically, is working against them. Yes, yes. And so when they're arriving at college, a lot of times they're coming into an environment where uh, they feel sometimes more intimidated because they haven't developed those organic uh, relational skills and life skills that come when you just are in a group of people. You know, human beings are made to relate first to God and then to each other. And when you put a screen in the process, instead of actually being with people, you're not you're not having what I call incarnational experiences with people. You don't experience life at the, in the same way or at the same level. And I think what we're seeing is you don't develop certain skills. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, when you now step into the next phase of life and you and one thing about this uh, great generation is they are very ambitious from an educational yes. standpoint. They want to learn and they have a very strong worth it, work ethic. Now, it's interesting. Uh, most of them uh, do not get part time jobs or summer jobs when they're teenagers. Um, and that's an interesting phenomenon. That is interesting. And, you know, I, I, you know, it's probably was true for you, but I remember my mom said, hey, you want a car, you got to get a job. And I really <laughs> wanted a car. And so she brought home the application from the grocery store where she shopped. And that was my first job, yeah. you know, and and hey, Mark, and I, have, did this, I have to cut yeah. it right there. By the way, I grew up on a dairy farm. I know all about the work as a teenager, but yeah, uh, <laughs> we're out of time. I'm going to encourage people. We'll have it in the show notes. Otherwise, look for these articles and more at denisonforum.org. Mark, thank you again for joining us here on Mornings with Carmen. Hey, great to be a part. Thank you, Paul. We'll be back. Hey, just a reminder, this is the final week of Faith Radio's biggest book bundle giveaway ever. And this is kind of, okay, for us, Morning with with Carmen, what we like to do is help you engage in the culture, applying the mind of Christ to the matters of the day. That's the bundles we're giving. We have several bundles of these books to help you engage the culture well. Final week of our biggest book bundle giveaway ever. That's a hard one to say, all these bees. Anyway, but sign up at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, coming up in just a bit, we'll talk about our economy and inflation, how to navigate that well with uh, Bill English from Bible and Business coming up on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.